here. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am your host, Lawan Moses, and I am back with you. Someone said they love your accent. I am back with you again for another episode. So joining me tonight in the guest chair is Gladys, all the way from Toronto, Ontario. And Gladys is a life coach for moms who are trying to balance their work and family life. It says she is a life enthusiast who has lived in five different countries and mastered two languages. Woohoo! She was in a position where she had to have two personalities, one that was strict and serious at work and free and happy at home because she had a corporate job with a lot of expectations. So after moving to Canada and becoming a mom, she began to advocate for what she believed in. And now she is passionate about helping women live big, beautiful, shooting for the stars kind of lives right now. So welcome, Gladys. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am so glad to have you here with me tonight. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be there tonight. So thank you. (laughs) Now, before we dive into your interview, if you could just take a moment I know I did a little bio, but if you could just introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a little about who you are, what you do, anything you want to tell us. (laughs) How long do we have? No, (laughs) I'm just going to start by saying um, I hate the concept of being put in boxes. So there's multiple things that define each of us, Um, but there are three big, you know, label that I'm going through um, lately that I define myself through. So the first label is being a mom. So I have a fabulous duo that keep me on my feet and keep me connected to my inner child. So it makes me see things a little bit more uh, joyous than being an adult. So um, the second label, I'm a consultant for a Fortune 500 company. So yes, I do work in a corporate environment in tech, which is traditionally not woman friendly, but I'm there. Um, where I talk to people every day about making their business dream come true. And I'm also a coach, a life coach for working mom. Uh, For obvious reason, I'm a working mom, so I feel like I can empathize more with working mom, but I've had some dad and not mom in my coaching practice. So I'm a coach and I, where I meet people, and, uh, and make them realize that, you know, they have everything inside of them to go and, and live the life they want. So if you think about it, mom coaching consultant is kind of the same <laughs> job at the end of the day, right? You are crafting and impacting and shaping, um, you know, people's uh, life at some point in their, their life. So that's why it's three, three different names, but one big life. I love how you broke that down into those three like major categories, but then you wrapped it all up together. And yes, I'm a working mom also, so I can relate. I do all the things like you do all the things. But yes, I'm excited about this conversation and I am all about this, finding your happy space and joy and all of that. I can't wait to get into that part of the conversation. But before we go there, if you could just kind of briefly walk us through, what was your kind of transformational or aha moment in your life that led you to being on this path that you are on today? Um, I mean, I was um, like everybody on this call, right? I'm a human being. I didn't have a particular ambition. I just wanted to be myself, right? Um, But working in corporate uh, world, you know, there was a, I allow people IDM stories of me defining me and I accept that as normal. So for the longest time, 
um, people's definition of success that they have for me was what I was living by. Um, then I had a child and I figured out that we are the de facto role model for, for our children. It's not like we choose it. It's just like the minute you have a child and look through life um, by what you're doing. And then one day, you know, my child was three months old and I'm like, what do I want uh, my child to see through life? Would I want them to feel confident, strong? So I started to say, because I'm the role model, I need to be an advocate. I need to be using my voice to make that path for them, right? And um, so that's how we start almost by accident. Um, I was feeling a motherhood gave me a purpose bigger than I ever had. And I just went from there. So I will say in retrospect, there will always be a defining moment in each of our life that will make us click and say, that's enough. This is my Rosa Park moment. I can't, I can't go further than this because I've reached destination. And for me, motherhood was, what do I want my child to, to go through life with? What do I want my child to experience? How do I want life to, to happen to, to them? Or do I want them to happen to life? You know, those philosophical questions made me feel like um, I want them to realize that we may not always succeed, but we should always try. And that's what guided me. So I, and it started impacting everything. I started complaining a little bit louder. <laughs> and people surprisingly start listening. And I was told at some point, oh, I actually like the new you because now you talk. Now you have a personality. Now you disagree. Because it was really me saying, um, I don't think it works because this impact my child. Like, you know, so it, I wish it was an extraordinary story, but I just had my Rosa Park moment when I had my child. Well, I mean, that, my is an, that is an extraordinary story because motherhood will truly change your character. It changes who you are as a person. So, I mean, yes, that is a great defining moment I like how you said that everybody has that defining Everyone. moment and I agree whatever it is whether it's motherhood or something else that happens in your life we all have these moments to where we start to sit down and question okay and I know mine it was like there has to be more to life than this there has to be more to life than this what am I doing I am going through the day-to-day going through the motions, as you said, living by everybody else's definition of success. And you kind of just find yourself going along. But then you said you have that defining moment where it kind of clicks and you're like, wait a minute, there's more to life than this. There is a whole life out there that I can explore, even if I'm a mom, even if I'm working, even if I'm doing all the things, I can fit time for my passion or things that bring me joy. So yes, that is a powerful story in itself where you said that motherhood was kind of that moment for you and you started to advocate for yourself and live by example. And I think that's really what it is about when it comes to motherhood and pursuing our dreams, finding that balance. It's leading by example so our kids can see kind of it can be done. We're still human. And if we're we're still human and if we're showing them how to do this, then we're leading and being that example. Yeah, that's that's basically it. I just thought I don't want my child to feel like, you know, I'm complaining and I'm not trying to make the situation better. Um, And I want them to know that they can try. They may not succeed, but you should always try. (laughs) 
And I love, and I do. When I wrote that down too, or you said, (laughs) yeah, you said you may not always succeed, but you can try. And I think a lot of us get caught up and perhaps you could speak to this where a lot of people get caught up in not trying because there's that quote unquote fear of failure. Some of us have that mindset of, I want to succeed at everything. And if there's any chance that I may not succeed, then I'm just not going to try. Well, here's something I've heard and I've learned. I actually posted on my LinkedIn today that sentence that say, if at first you do not succeed, redefine success. Success is a very personal notion. So the minute you realize that you stop listening to other people's definition of success, it's their personal definition of success. What successful means to me might be different than what successful means to you, Lawan. That's that's the truth. (laughs) The minute we make peace with that and we own it, then we're all successful on our own term, right? So that's what I want us to be aware. There's no one way to be successful. You are so right. And we are so aligned because I love that you said that. I know I keep saying I love that you say this, but we are so aligned because I remember when I started on my whole journey and getting to where I am, one of the first things that I started telling people was success is personal and it's yours. And just hearing you say that, I'm like, yes, that is what it is. When I we promise you life, didn't pay yeah. me to say that, right? I didn't look at your right. notes. <laughs> right. We didn't exchange notes no. or anything like that. But as you said it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's something I used to say, tell people. I used to put the quote up all the time that success is personal and it's yours. Sure. And the minute that, as you said, we realize that, it's yeah. such a freedom, I would say. It's oh so my God. freeing. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. And someone, you know, your page, if someone's page 23 might be your page one. It doesn't mean you fail. It just means that you're going through your own motion and you get there. That's, that's what it is. What success means for someone might be just get up in the morning and that's success. And then someone else might be having a, lots of money <laughs> or something. But success is, feels the same whether you you when you achieve it whether it's just having one dollar in your pocket or having being like the richest man on earth the joy is still the same the the achievement of that success feels the same (laughs) so finding that joy on your success people that's all i'm saying yes own your success yes 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 and I know as you were going through all of this and you're kind of having your Rosa Parks moment, your defining moment, <laughs> the I call it the I am woman, hear me roar moment. <laughs> That's what I call it. The I am woman, hear me roar. Like you're kind of coming out thing. I know that we always talk about the moment and the defining moment, but as you were going through that and you were making this change, because change is difficult and mm-hmm. it's worth it, but what kind of things were you experiencing like when you first started out? Like what was going through your mind as you're starting to make these changes and the way you're interacting with people? Like what kind of things were you experiencing? So I was going to say it is almost like a muscle that you have to exercise. So you you want to go and run a marathon. And if you do not train, you can't just wake up and go and run the marathon, right? You have to train. And the first time you train, if you never trained before, it's horrible. So my voice was an instrument, a muscle that I was not using. And I remember the first time I said, no, I think differently. I was terrified. I was scared. I was feeling like I'm going to cry I wanted to disappear because people just look at me like what did you say (laughs) but like I said 
I had my child. That was my why. You know, there's everybody keeps saying, know your why. Your why should be so powerful. It should make you emotional. So I was thinking I needed to advocate for my child. I needed to show my child how it is. And people can take, you know, you can say no, you can take no, we take no every day, but it doesn't take away who you are. And I wanted to be that role model for my child. So the first time I was terrified, I had to practice a few times. I had to, you know, write note, post a note on my desk to say, just say a word today. I'm an introvert. I don't think you might realize that I'm super introvert. Introvert. Oh my. I am too. So I feel like most people that have like these online coaching business or anything, a lot of oh us. Oh my God. I was like, I'm a vocal introvert, but guys, I'm still an introvert. So, I mean, talking in public took a lot of energy, start telling things, but I realized that the world didn't end, right? I said, no, I, I voiced my opinion. And then some people were like, whoa, she talks. <laughs> some people were like, tell me more. But as I, you know, like everything, every routine that you keep at it, you become a little bit more confident. It becomes second nature. I think, you know, from feedback that people gave me, because when you go through change, in my case, I didn't even have a predefined moment. Oh, there's it. I'm going through change. I just remember one day someone say, something is different about you. And I like the new you. And I was like, oh, really? Um, I, you know, word that were used now to describe me is like, you come into the room. I can feel you. I see you. I hear you. Like, you're confident. And if someone will say, oh, yeah, someone, you know, some of my friends will come and say, can you talk for me? You're the one who talks. And I'm like, man, I went from the girl that never talked to the world. So those changes are gradual, subtle. But at the end, I became that confident person. I became the person that is happy to be vulnerable and tell you, I, I am terrified, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> because I felt like I had no choice. Because... Sometimes I go back to from work and I look at my kid in the eyes and they say, how was your day today? I want to be able to say, hey, I made a difference somehow. You know, I helped someone or I told someone what they needed to hear or, you know, I use my voice for good today. Right. So that's that's my ultimate goal every day to come and say and, and then they are going to school now and. I, we have that exercise. How did you use your voice today? <laughs> I love so. How did you use your voice today? And I really like how you said it's an instrument. It's a muscle that you it have to kind muscle. of fine tune. So your voice was that instrument, that muscle that you had to get used to using. And just uh, start with learning how to say no. And a lot of us are. Oh, my God. And then someone, some of your followers say that they love my accent. It used to be something that I was taking personally. I'm like, oh, my God, I will talk. I have a horrible accent. Maybe people won't listen to me or people will make fun of me. And all those things, now today they say they have an accent. I'm like, this is my superpower, people. You will remember what I say because I say it differently. But it's just a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And for me, my voice was like, I got a voice that's given to me. It's my responsibility to use it, you know, for what I define success. What I, and for me, successful is using my voice for greater good. That's, that's how it was. That is a charge to everyone that is listening to that in the middle of this conversation to sit and reflect every day. How did you use your voice to make a how difference? Did you use your voice? That is powerful because yeah. it kind of gives you that 
makes you take action each day because you know at the end of the day, you're if you sit down and self-reflect, how did I use my voice to make a difference? Then that's charging you with taking some type of action throughout the day to actually do that. So that is empowering in itself. Can I come back to your show, my friend? Like you're so good for my ego now. I'm like, whoa, I'm doing something extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> You are, you really are. You are talking my language. If you are enjoying this show, feeling inspired and motivated, learning something new, or just want to show some love, please do me a favor and help me spread the word. Screenshot this episode and share your favorite takeaways in your Instagram stories. I am truly growing my Instagram and I want you there on the journey with me as we continue to grow and build. Don't forget to tag me at Lawan Moses so that I can share your share. Each time you share this show, it helps me to reach more and more moms just like you. Don't keep this greatness to yourself. Tell a mama you know about the More Than a Mother podcast today. Remember, Motherhood is a universal experience, and we are all in this together. Hey, I know that you do a lot with moms and they're trying to balance their work and their family. And you talk a lot about the ecosystem of the working mom, which is her work, her life, and her environment. So how can a mom, I would get, say, start? What is a great starting point? Because a lot of us, we go want to go from one extreme to the next. We're all not doing anything. Then we just want everything to be quote unquote balanced out when that really in theory is not, doesn't exist as we tend to think of it. But what are some great pointers or tips or starting points that moms can start to implement so we can kind of move to a more balanced state of being? So I'm fanatical, fanatical about taking time to recharge as, um, as, as women, as moms, we are conditioned to make our desire or wishes come last. Um, I'm on this table, people. So it's not like I'm saying that. Like I am. I have young kids, so I want them to eat. I want them to do everything and everything. I I made dinner today. I haven't even eaten dinner, but they fed <laughs> because. I felt like I needed to make sure they settle everything so I can come and do this Instagram that, but it's wrong. Do not do that. So the first thing to do is to have that moment dedicated to yourself every single day. And I'll take the example. This is a simple example. This is a mobile phone. Everybody has one. This is my office. This is my lifeline. If I'm away, I can FaceTime my kid. I can answer, email, everything. I take time every day to charge this phone because if it dies, it becomes a very expensive paperwork. It's not useful. That's how I see us. <laughs> the mom is a very expensive phone. Anything money can buy, you put it on that phone. This is your mom. She knows everything that needs to be known. The app. Hey, mom, where did I put my hat? It's on the third cupboard next to your room. Like, how do you know things like that? Right. Mom, can I, I don't find my socks. Mom, you know, remembering where to take your kid at what time. It's a real orchestra that you are running, right? But we do not take time to recharge ourselves. So we run on empty battery. You wouldn't do that to this. So why do we do that to ourselves? 
That is correct. And then if you're fanatical about recharging, guess what? You're a better mom. You're a better person. You know, you sleep, you time. And, and my kid are still very young, but it's almost like we have time that they know this is the time for mom to go and relax and think or whatever. You can make it fun. You can involve your kid into it. It doesn't have to be some sort of dirty secret. It's part of that. So you have to make time for priorities and make you a priority. So that will be my first thing to start. Because like you said, we have so many things that we juggling, so many things that you're having in your head, you're fixing, saving crisis, saving life, whatever you're doing today, and then come home and do your mom job. And then, yeah, you sleep on two hours a day, three hours. Yeah, you're not good for anything (laughs) after a while. Exactly. And I am all about priorities and self-care every self-care day. Self-care is not selfish, yes. Exactly. It is necessary. And as you said, when you recharge, and a lot of people probably touch on this too, a lot of moms especially deal with that kind of guilt of when I'm taking time to myself, when I'm taking time to recharge, when I'm doing something I enjoy, there's this burden of guilt that falls on a lot of moms to where they use that, then that guilt becomes a justification of, okay, I feel bad for doing this, so I'm not going to do it. So what are your thoughts on mom guilt? Well, spoiler alert, I think mom guilt is there to stay. <laughs> I don't think you will, you will mom, mom guilt, yeah, you know. And that guilt exists too, I was told by my dad uh, that I'm coaching. So it is here to stay. I think we spend a lot of energy trying to combat or fight mom guilt, right? I suggest a different approach, which is let's make friends with it. (laughs) It's not going away, it's there. So, hey, the same way when you drive your car, when the fuel it's almost empty. There's this little light that says, hey, I'm almost empty. You don't freak out. You just acknowledge this, you know, I need to get to the next petrol station and put some fuel in there. Mom guilt for me is that little light. There's something that I have defined as my standard, like yeah, success is personal. You have your own standard. And that little light, check against my standard and say, oh, you have slipped <laughs> on those standards a little bit lately. So for me, mom guilt, it's just an acknowledgement that maybe I should spend a little bit more time with my kids, quality time, not quantity. Uh, but it shouldn't prevent me to drive to the next petrol station. <laughs> it's there. Yes. It's not going away. That's a She's great saying, hey, it's a day that you like to have with your kids. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's a great view and a very different perspective on it. I'll say that I've never heard that before, but I can see where instead of trying to fight something, then you kind of accept that it's here. And then as they say, mm-hmm. acceptance is the first step to being able to move on and deal with things. So kind of, if you start to accept it and recognize it's there, then you can, as you said, start to check and balance and all those yeah, kind of things. Absolutely. And, and you are more than a mom. You are a sister, a daughter, a friend, <laughs> you are yourself before everything else, before every role that you play in your life, you are you. So mom guilt is just one part of you. 
it's not the whole you. And that's what I'm saying is that empty fuel <laughs> alarm on your car. It doesn't stop you driving your car. You just know that I have to be recharging soon. So mom get is me taking time with my kid a little bit more because maybe I've slipped on some standard that I fixed on myself. That's a good way to look at it. So thanks for sharing that. So tell me more about what you do at My Life Couch. <laughs> my Life Couch, um, and I will tell you a little bit why, why My Life Couch. So when I looked at a name um, that I wanted for my business, I wanted it to be encompassing. And I started thinking of every household and I thought the common element is a couch. It could be proeminent, it could be, you know, the masterpiece of your living room, it is there. But more importantly, it is the witness of all moments involving emotion. You want, you're happy, you jump on the couch like Tom Cruise. <laughs> you cry, you have your girlfriend, you have an announcement or something, you might sit on the couch to talk seriously. Or if you just want some good old comfort, you're on a blanket catching up with your movies on the couch. So my coaching practice is your favorite couch, favorite fabric, size, color. You have your blanket and you sit down and I am your BFF that share with you all those moments we um, um, unpack those moments involving emotion. It's your time. And I have had a coaching client that when I say, Richard and me time, they use that coaching algorithm to have that time for themselves, right? So it's a time, it's a couch that is dedicated to you. So what I do is I meet women in all, um, you know, walk of life. Some are mothers, some are not. Um, but then it's almost accompanying them in unlearning things that they have learned, <laughs> making sure they understand that self-care is not selfish, making sure that those dreams that they have, reconnecting to your child. I mean, when we were 10 years old, what were you dreaming of? What did you want it to be? Like, you know, and then suddenly what happened? We moms and we don't have dreams anymore. Um, and there's the disconnect between who you are and who you think people expect you to be. It can be fun mom, it can be serious mom, you can be anything mom, you can be you. Right. So it's a lot of unlearning, but it's also a lot of learning, being able to shed the guilt um, or accept the guilt, but move past that comfort zone that we have created and go and say, hey, I want to go and travel the world for three months because that's always been on my bucket list. But I have kids and you start thinking, how can we walk backward to make this thing happen? Yes, I like that. And I love that analogy, the whole couch thing. As you said, the couch witnesses so many, so many different things. And that is very creative to come up with that. And when it out about unlearning, there's a lot I feel in adulthood that has to be mm -hmm. unlearned. And I feel like more as more education comes about as we get as we start to learn more, let's say when you know better, you do better, all those kind of things, that's when we start to unlearn. Do you find that like in your experience with clients or in your life, however it is, when it comes to unlearning, 
What do you think perhaps is the hardest part for people taking that step to unlearn, if that makes sense? Yeah, because this is what you learn. This is what has been defining your life for the longest time. So this is the scenario that plays in your head and you people shed all those things that no longer serve them. It becomes apparent that at the beginning, yeah, this is, I'm no longer Gladys. I am this new person that I don't even know. But as they shed those, it becomes confidence. It's almost rebirth. I've seen some moms say, I have been born because I connecting those dots. Like I said at the beginning, I had two different personas in me. I had the corporate Gladys and I have the outside of corporate Gladys. And those people never met, never. Right. So there was a disconnect. I had to switch. I had to think. I have to. And those people were thinking differently. They were described differently. One was super serious. One was super fun. (laughs) One like her colors, you know. And then the pandemic happened. And guess what? I'm forced to reevaluate everything that I knew was true. Did Africa the first year of the pandemic? You bet I did. And like, I know, but some people might have felt that I was too dramatic, but I was like, I, I cannot cope. My life is over because that was life as I know it. Now that I went through this and my mom's goes through this on, on the couch, um, it, the pandemic made us reevaluate. Like life might be too short. <laughs> Why can't I do what I want to do? Why can't I leave life? Life is meant to be lived, not to be, you know, Life doesn't happen to us. We happen to that, basically. Um, so fear, is, it's an emotion that comes a lot. Um, some people are so scared of letting go of what they know. Um, but, you know, that's probably also why I work with specific clients, those that are not afraid to say, it's going to be scary, I'm going to stay there. But I want to have my mind that's open. You're not ready to change until it's time for you to change. I never push that process. I never make it like mandatory. Um, But, you know, someone yesterday in a coaching session say, hey, I'm planting seed. That's what I'm good at. (laughs) And you go and germinate into a big tree. I don't know. But it's usually that. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts with planting the seeds. And a lot of times, as you said, seeds can grow into anything, but it really starts with planting that seed. And as you said, life is truly meant to be lived. Mm-hmm. So aside from motherhood, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far? I lived in five countries, like you said. I think I made friends um, for life in each of those. And sometimes... I was coming into the country not knowing the language, not knowing anybody and being able to um, build a support system from scratch each time. It's something that I don't take for granted. I think he pushed me into who I am today because my resilience is one of the things that I was taking for granted, but it's not. It's just hard. And the older you become, the more you realize, oh, dude, I can't go and do this again. But <laughs> you can. Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of being, you know, defining myself as a world citizen. I'm feeling like 
should I go and start again today from zero? I'll, I'll be able to do that. It might not be true now, but you know, this is what I believe. <laughs> so I think. And then the minute you start believing, this is, you're good. You're good. So yeah, being able to explore my curiosities, uh, um, what I'm most proud of, uh, aside my kid. And I think the fact that um, my kid come along into my exploration and we get curious together, um, this is amazing too. So making all my life colliding into the same body, yeah, victory. That is true victory. And not many people can say they've lived in five countries. I know. Well, I thank you so much, Gladys, for this interview. If you could just tell the audience where they can connect with you, if you have any offers that you want to give, feel free to share at this time. So I do have uh, my main point of gathering and contact is my website, uh, uh, com, And this is where I, you know, I put a lot of information, material, post things that I feel useful. Um, this is why people go to book like a free curiosity call, 30 minutes. It's just more like, let's get to know each other. On those, I put um, recently developed uh, what I call my mom mantras. Um, so five mantras for mom, because, you know, some days we're, we're human and we're moms and we doubt. And if you like me, I'm constantly scared of getting it wrong because <laughs> you have kids, right? Um, so I have mom mantras. I use them personally. I put them on my fridge. And some days I'm like, I'm a good mom having a bad day. And that's, you know, kind of help. I, I also have um, a journal that I specifically created for mom. Um, I'm a visual person. I like to doodle and color all those things. So that journal was specifically created if you like to, you know, color and fill those things. Um, so those are the two offering, you know, that you can download um, into uh, from my website. So specifically for moms that have had people that find it useful. I believe in journaling because it's important to see the pattern that you created creating and journaling is a powerful way to do that so then I have Instagram that clearly I'm not that good at this might have been Instagram acting crazy these things crazy. oh I don't know I'm, I'm so Instagram challenge um, so I'm, I just know how to do basic that so at my life where I I post stories not story stories but I post uh, things about me or my thoughts um, and then LinkedIn at Gladys Simon, um, so on LinkedIn, Gladys Simon, and then it's my LinkedIn page. I'm talking about my life as a work, working mom. So there's some bit about my work, some about me being a mom. And for those moms that are listening, happy belated Mother's Day. So, well, thank you so much and happy belated Mother's Day to you. So I thank you again for joining me. This was truly a wonderful interview. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Let me stop recording.